I'm Marianne Kolbesak McGee, Executive Editor at Information Security Media Group. Today, I'm speaking with Scott Stewie, who is CEO of Direct Trust, an alliance best known for creating and maintaining the direct protocol-based security and trust framework for secure email messaging in healthcare. Scott will be speaking to me about plans to merge Direct Trust with the Electronic Healthcare Network Accreditation or ENAC, a standards development organization. The merger is expected to be completed in January. So Scott, Direct Trust is a nonprofit healthcare industry alliance created to support secure identity verified electronic exchanges of protected health information. And ENAC is a nonprofit standards development organization and accrediting body for organizations that electronically exchange healthcare data. Why did Direct Trust and ENAC decide to do this merger? Well, really, we're really excited about this merger because it actually brings together two complementary organizations, each with their own core competencies. So uh, Direct Trust uh, brings our focus on authentication and on um, trust and identity together with ENAC's focus on, uh, frankly, cybersecurity and that aspect of things together with what it is we do allow us to expand our scope of focus. Really, it's, it's, we have been a trust framework as a, one of the kind of key things we are. And as a trust framework, accreditation is always a key pillar of what it is that's required. So, Scott, what will the merger between ENAC and Direct Trust mean for standards-based electronic exchange of healthcare data moving forward and the security of that data? Well, first off, Direct Trust, you know, has always worked with ENAC. We actually, from the very beginning of our existence, we utilized uh, their accreditation prowess. In fact, we collaborated to create our initial accreditation efforts. So uh, accreditation of organizations that are involved in healthcare information exchange is a key element of successful healthcare information exchange. All of the Direct Trust accredited members, all of the Direct Trust HISPs are accredited with both the direct trust accreditations, which are for the, you know, basically the standards aspect of accreditation related to the direct standard and trust policy that we set up. And then the accreditation aspect of that has always been done for privacy and security has always been done by ENAC. So there was a direct trust piece and there was a, an ENAC piece all along. So putting these things together means that there is a single place to go for for our HISPs to get accredited for the full gamut of the activity that they're going to do. But in addition to that, ENAC currently, uh, they accredit the, the whole ecosystem of healthcare network exchange. So including clearinghouses and pharmacies, and also they have a, they have a, a new program that's uh, set up for establishing readiness for TEFCA that's the, called TNAP, H-I-N. This is basically the trusted network accreditation program that's meant to be uh, supportive of the of the TEFCA framework. So they are also at on the ENAC side a high trust assessor, which is a fundamental requirement for participating in the in the TEFCA framework. So basically, direct trust has the mechanisms from a technical trust standpoint that we believe will be very supportive of all healthcare information exchange. Bringing that together with this accreditation capability allows us to not only 
assert the policies, but also measure uh, organizations against those policies. So, Scott, you mentioned TEFCA and indeed the Department of Health and Human Services says its trusted exchange framework and common agreement, TEFCA, establishes a universal floor for interoperability across the country. So what does that mean in the bigger picture for the merger between direct trusts and in ENAC and how this all fits into HHS's TEFCA effort? Well, so each of our organizations had independent activities that were associated with, you know, being supportive of TEFCA, um, direct trust on the technical trust side. We have an existing relationship with Sequoia and then just recently also expanded to cover the RCE, which is the, the entity that is actually managing the, the QHIN designation effort. Um, so we've been working to create uh, we, we've actually been providing already the, the certificates, the digital certificates. Uh, actually, it's not us, but our members that provide those digital certificates that are um, a part of a trust bundle that support exchange within TEFCA today. So that's already in place, ready for TEFCA as it rolls out. Uh, on the ENAC side, they had this trusted network accreditation program, which is, again, demonstrates that readiness for participation in, in TEFCA. So that plus the high trust piece means that really direct trust in this new incarnation with uh, ENAC as a part of us will allow us to be supportive of uh, TEFCA in a way that is very much more holistic. So pretty much supporting the both the technical trust as well as the uh, the trust in uh, in the practices and the policies of the organizations that are deploying these networks. So that, I think, makes us uh, very much more of a, of a complete picture in terms of being supportive of TEFCA for the, the things that it needs that, frankly, the, um, the RC doesn't provide on its own. So, Scott, looking ahead, what should we be watching for from direct trust and ENAC once this merger is completed? And once this, this organization is one, our opportunities are many. So what we've, well, I think uh, Lee Barrett, who is the um, the CEO of, of ENAC, who will be continuing working for Direct Trust, uh, and we will also work together to kind of try and craft new programs that are going to be of interest to this, uh, to the ecosystem. One of them that I think is most interesting that we've been working on together right along is in the identity realm. And this is for consumer credentials, uh, in particular, the notion that a consumer should be able to get a credential that they can use anywhere at all. And we this has been a an effort that has been over a year in the in the making. It was a collaboration between Direct Trust and Karen and other industry alliances. And ENAC was a part of that discussion. So we've been working on this for a long time. So our expectation is in the new year, we're going to begin uh, working on an, a credential service policy and a credential service accreditation program that will allow us to, um, to find a way to get these credentials out into the marketplace in a much bigger way. Uh, right now, there really isn't any trusted credential for healthcare exchange for consumers. The only way you can get a credential today is to go to your provider and get a username and password to their portal. That's the way the apps are getting access to uh, to the individual uh, EHRs that are connected to uh, to each other through TEFCA. So today, the mechanism that we're expecting to expand is this notion that getting a credential would mean that a, a, a consumer would be able to go to lots of different provider organizations and use that one credential to log in to lots of places. So that's 
that's actively what we're working on as our very first joint effort in the new year. So would that credential be sort of a universal credential for an individual? And in what form would, would this credential take? We're working through the exact technology that, that this will ex- be expected to leverage. Underneath the covers, there will, be, there will be aspects of our PKI framework, which are present. But we actually expect that this credential will likely be a non-PKI credential, uh, which uh, it may be actually of multiple mechanisms, multiple authenticators might be possible. And so it's, it is basically the modern direction that the industry is going in to move toward models that, you know, that work successfully on smartphones and can be used to connect to lots of, uh, lots of places. So the identity providers or the credential service providers that are in the market today don't uh, generally serve a, a subset of relying parties as opposed to any relying party. So the work that we're doing with Karen and with and with Cantera and with other and with ENAC was to create a a common mechanism that would allow for a single credential to work anywhere you went in healthcare. I mean that's the goal is to have these trust frameworks be federated across trust frameworks. So you could get a credential from either trust framework and they would be trusted the same regardless of which trust framework they were issued by. We hear often about phishing and social engineering and stolen credentials and big breaches that result from these sorts of things. Anything you can think of that would be optimistic or positive to apply when it comes to the healthcare side of credential technology or identity technologies? No, absolutely. I think that's the the very point of an independent certification or an accreditation of this sort is to ensure that the organizations that deploy such credentials have to go through some sort of accreditation to ensure that they actually know what they're doing. And so, for example, uh, it's important that a credential be manageable over time. So you need to be able to revoke one if, for instance, it's become compromised, or you need to actually potentially force in your credential policy the notion of multi-factor authentication. And, And that sort of thing, Today, multi-factor authentication is becoming far more common, but it is not 100% required. Like a lot of folks will, you know, will get by on a username and password and don't have a second factor for their authentication process. Multi-factor authentication, I think, is a fundamental requirement for operating on the internet with sensitive information, plain and simple. And so having an accreditation program that ensures that the folks who are actually deploying these credentials and issuing them are living by that rule, like that, that they're actually doing that multi-factor authentication. And that is not the only thing we're talking about. There are multiple controls that are part of a good credential service policy that we would expect to manage under an accreditation program for a credential service provider. And finally, Scott, in the bigger picture, in terms of top cybersecurity issues in healthcare next year, what are you keeping your eyes on and why? Well, it's certainly still a major issue that we have. Um, we have ransomware as a, as a fundamental topic. And that's a matter of, uh, frankly, you know, frequently when you're doing the controls in a, in a cybersecurity accreditation, part of what it is you're going to look at is... Uh, is the policies of the practices of the organization. So including things like how people are trained. I think uh, phishing attacks are the most common way these things are delivered. 
Um, but I think I think ransomware is the most common, seems to be the most the threat that's on the rise. Uh, now, identity theft was, uh, you know, was not uh, at this point in time, a lot of the identities have already been stolen. So it's people are like perhaps less concerned about identity theft than they were at when this first started happening. But I think people are much more conscious of the fact that, you know, a phishing attack could result in the loss of your identity uh, information as well. And so I think that uh, the vector is the same. It's generally phishing that's the most common, although, you know, certainly there are brute force attacks. And so those kinds of things also need to be measured and managed and, and validated in an, in an accreditation. Well, thank you so much, Scott. I've been speaking to Scott Stewie. I'm Marianne Kolbesak-McGee of Information Security Media Group. Thanks for joining us.